buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. What is happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode. I'm excited. Today, I've got Evan Patterson. I met him a while back on LinkedIn. He has a new position now, and he posted something interesting on LinkedIn that caught my attention, and I knew that I had to get him on the show. Um, Evan is feeling product-led growth at Reprise. Evan, thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, and thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, awesome. Before we jump into the the good stuff um, that we kind of talked about before we hit record, just mm-hmm. give us the short version of your sales story. Yeah, so I guess uh, I was in traditional retail sales, hated that, worked in insurance, hated that, and then I've been in too many sales-led tech companies since. So when I was looking for my next job and Reprise came across my radar and Joe told me his concepts and ideas, I was like, this is exactly what I've been complaining about all this time. Somebody finally gets it and wants to make a company around it. So that's where I'm at now. Mm, wow, you you definitely kept it short. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I am a salesperson by trade, so you know, concise is part of the game. <laughs> yeah, most people I tell them to keep it short and eh, they keep it short for the most part, but that was short. I love it. <laughs> um, all right, so there's a couple of things. Uh, here's let's let's dig into what I saw you post the other day on LinkedIn, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think it was I can't remember. It was if you booked five or six, you know, demos or meetings. Uh, no cold calls, no cold emails. Was oh, that, yeah, yeah. Did I get it right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're at 23 meetings booked today in nine days with not a single email or call. Dude, why are you making me look bad like I didn't do my research or something? <laughs> well, that's <laughs> updated. I didn't post that number in your defense. Uh, uh, all right, all right. So 23 demos in booked in nine days, no cold calls, no cold emails. What the heck are you doing? <laughs> Having the audacity to be a human being, <laughs> taking everything I got taught and chucking it out the window. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I know it's a funny thing, right? Everybody's talking about be more human. Like we need to be more human. Like, we are human. It's such yeah. a funny concept to tell people to be more human. Just use just personality. I always tell people, "Eric, like, what are you doing differently?" And it's like, "I'm not doing anything differently than people did in the '80s." You know, just I'm networking the way I would in a bar. I'm just using LinkedIn. That's the only freaking difference is, is I'm just doing it from the comfort of my chair. I don't have to wear pants. 
Like, that's the only <laughs> difference. I guess depending on what kind of bar you're going to. But the point being, I that don't might do help you get different. more meetings in some bars. I guess. I guess it depends on the bar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's tell me a little bit about this. Like, what is your strategy? What are you doing? Uh, just break it down, man. <laughs> so the biggest the biggest feeling factor is the fact that we are a product-led growth company. So what I do would probably not work as well as, as it does if it wasn't for the way that we talk, walk, and act, and think here. So with that said, everything's about creating that two-way connection, making sure everybody's on board, making sure everything's about their opinion of what we're doing, right? So that's what my messaging is surrounding is showing people like hey we're working on something pretty freaking cool here we think what you're doing is pretty cool because we talk to other people to do this same thing that's pretty cool and they think what we do is cool too let's talk let's see if you think it's cool and yes i said cool five times but it works what so, if they're like dude i'm not that cool i'm not your icp i'm not that cool <laughs> well then i wouldn't be sending them a, uh, a message if they were my icp <laughs> ah, all right so that i don't have trick. to have a response yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was a trick question um all right. So, and so you're using LinkedIn, you're using it as a digital networking platform. I do something similar myself. I have to admit, I'm not, I'm not nearly as successful as you're doing it. So, um, but I do, I have been super intentional about building relationships with the right people on the platform, taking it off of the platform, having a conversation and really just, you know, like you said, using it as a, a, a networking tool, right? So once you get people off the platform and have those conversations, what are you doing differently than other people that are actually like actually getting you the meetings? I actually don't think I'm doing anything differently after I'm connecting with people than other people are. I think what I'm doing is I'm able to kind of give more, myself more horsepower with how I'm finding the people. I'm spending mm -hmm. less time fumbling than most people do when they're networking on LinkedIn. Um, with that said, like it's usually trying to go find the thought leaders and the people that my prospects love and finding posts and content that they're commenting on and reacting to um, that is along the lines of what we solve here at Reprise, right? So if you've got a product, if you got a post about product-led growth and you've got CMOs, CEOs, CROs, and sales engineers, the whole nine yards, commenting and reacting on that post, whatever is in that post, those people that are commenting and reacting without mm. realizing it are raising their hands saying whatever's in that post is on their mind. So mm. they're spoon feeding me a way to get into their head and be relevant. I hate the word being personal because I don't care if a kid plays Little League, but like, I mean relevant to them based off that post. So no one's going to deny it. They've already painted themselves into that corner. I'm just tapping into it. So all I got to do is comb through those two sections of everybody's posts, and there's just a gold mine of leads right there for you, of people that are willing to accept your connection requests and talk to you. All right, and is in and, and is this is this a manual process? Do you have any technology helping you? Are you literally like searching hashtags and just going deep and finding the right people? Like walk us through the process. I become buddy buddy with the thought leaders actually. That's the first goal. So I can see their content as much as humanly possible on my feed and kind of make them aware of also like why I'm using their content the way that I am too. I try to be as transparent as possible. So th it is very manual actually. Um, I don't, there's no social selling CRM. There are mm. CRMs that integrate with social, but I have yet to find one that is designed for what I do. So it's very spreadsheets based. It is very um, guessing all the time. I, I have to measure based off of people, not off of messages, because I could talk to somebody about brunch for four days before they actually turn into a, an actual opportunity. I'm not going to track all that. No, you can't. And why would you? Like, 
um, it, you know, a lot of the things that you do that work, you shouldn't need to or want to track. Like that's the part of being human, right? And networking yeah. and focusing on people and building relationships and having conversations rather than just focusing on like, I need to get this meeting. Yeah. It does also take a lot of trust on management too. Like uh, at the end of the day, I tell my boss, you know, this is how many people I've been talking to. This is how many replies I got from outbound requests to start conversations. And these are how many meetings that got booked. I know though what my connection requ- my connection rates are, which platforms, which messages, everything else. That's where the art of this comes into play. The science is just what my boss gets to hear at the end of the day. Mm. There, and, and there's not a lot of... There's not a lot of companies that would let somebody in your position have the autonomy to do what you're doing. Well, I also think that's why we're doing so well is because they're acknowledging that my role is no longer a stepping stone. This is no longer a job people get to become an AE. This is a job people want. It's a career path, actually. Um, so Reprise is doing a pretty good job of taking the definition of a job title and turned it upside down. Wow. Okay. Tell me a little bit about that. So we just, I, I get treated the same way as AEs. I don't work for them. None of them call me their BDR. Um, and if they're watching this, don't you dare start. Um, but uh, <laughs> I don't feel like I'm in an SDR mill, you know, as I call it. These companies that hire a bunch of SDRs to backfill their AEs as they quit or move around the company. They've got these pre-trade people that they've lied to by saying they're going to get promoted in six to nine months. And then they underpay them like crazy. Wow. That's mind blowing because a lot of people are not doing that. No, but in those people, I, I firmly believe that they will you know, not be here around much longer. I say the same thing at my first sales job outside of my restaurant career and they're bankrupts now. <laughs> so uh, I, I can't wait to watch this same apocalypse happen um, in SaaS for the companies that don't get on board. Mm, okay. Now let's talk about, you know, Product-led growth. What is that like? This you're following the you know champions, the influencers that are that are out there on that sort of soapbox. You know, what are some things that uh, you're hearing people talk about in, in in that in that kind of broad topic? And where does Reprise fit in with that? Uh, I find a lot of people that are. It's just I, I'm going to use some words. My boss Joe Caprio uses is uh, the fist fight that happens in a demo, right? Because all the sales process is sales led currently. You got to request a demo, which is the biggest like bait and switch known to man. Because you're not requesting a demo, you're getting a sales pitch for an hour with this video or slideshow going in the background. So what? Uh, product-led is allowing it to actually let the product sell itself and let the salesperson guide you through that process. Um, a good way to compare it is like buying a car, right? You want to you want to buy the car. You walk in and you're like, I want a car that does X, Y, and Z. This is what I care about. The salesperson, if they're product-led, is going to tell you which car to go test drive and let you test drive it without them in the car. Wait till you get back and give you your feedback. A sales-led car salesperson is going to try to sell you the best car possible in their mind, not your mind, which is going to be the most expensive or the highest commission for them. And they're going to sit in that car with you the entire freaking time. And that's mm. how we're treating SaaS right now. So when you do it the other way, which is where B2C is going, which is fueling B2B sales, then why aren't people getting onto this? Like this has been going on, I'm 26 years old. I download apps all the time to figure out if I'm going to be a customer. And then I uninstall when I choose not to be. That's product-led. Why aren't we doing that same thing in B2B? 
Mm. So you're like the Tesla for SaaS. I, I've never thought about that, but I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes yeah, total I sense mean, to me. When I, when I go look at a new Tesla, you know, it's like, hey, here's the cars. They I'll let you that. drive it. Come back. <laughs> and it, most people that come back are like, I want this freaking car. <laughs> yeah. If your product sucks, um, or as I tell people, if you're sales led and you're afraid to go product led, you're just telling me your product sucks. Mm. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of way, if your product's not good, there's a lot of ways it could go wrong. Oh yeah. I would love to watch these uh, sales led companies, switch to the product led. Some of them will succeed and some of them will fail. And it's going to, they're going to, the ones that will fail though, it's going to be because their product sucks. Yeah. And it, it happens. Like you, you, you get a demo and you're like, oh, this SaaS is awesome. And then you actually get sign up and start using it. And you're like, man, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. <clears throat> um, all right. So now I'm curious and we talked about this ahead of time, but I'm just going to ask it as if I don't already know. Do you <laughs> report to sales or marketing? I currently report to sales solely because we don't have marketing. So Joe and I have talked about the possibility of the team getting picked up and moved. So we don't know what's going to happen yet. No promises. Joe, if you're listening, Steph, you're listening. I promise I listened to you. But um, but uh, I'm not trying to get you in any trouble here. <laughs> I get in plenty of trouble on my own. Don't worry. Um, I work for Joe Caprio. Look at his post. He gets in his own trouble all the time. Um, and I hope he hears that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, uh, they're in the mindset where they agree with the logic that what I do is more of a, a human extension of marketing than just an appointment setter who just goes around spamming people. Mm. Yeah, I'm curious, have you always thought of this role in this way or were you say a little bit more like every other SDR BDR out there that, you know, does a lot of these things that you're talking about and if you started that way, like what changed, you know, talk talk through a little bit of that. Yeah, so I, after retail and I worked in insurance as an insurance agent, I was doing full cycle, which is different than SaaS, but the logic of prospecting was still there. The, uh, the logic of sales dev was part of the job. And to me, it logically made sense to treat that as a, as a marketing part of my job. And then once I got the person interested in talking to me, then I was you know, flipping hats to sales mindset. And that's how that worked. That's how everybody in my office did it. That's how my boss trained me. So when I moved into an mm -hmm. SDR role in SaaS and I started thinking in the form of marketing and how we could use the tools we already have in a more efficient way that leaned more marketing-esque than sales-esque, um, there's a lot of friction that went on. And I, realized, and I kept getting frustrated <laughs> and angry with it. And over time, as I learned about new tech, new terms alone even, and how B2B sales worked um, in SaaS, that the reason I was frustrated was because I was getting frustrated with a system that wasn't working. It, it, there was, I saw opportunity that no one was tapping into. So over time, I started to incorporate my own logic as part of or in addition to whatever my boss has expected of me. Um, but now I'm in a role where the, in addition to is my job actually. So I feel more, um, empowered here than I ever have before actually. And, and, and that's important. I mean, it sounds like you're super passionate about the product. You're, it sounds like you got great leadership that you, you, you love working for. How important is that for somebody in a role like yours? Uh, very much so. The two way trust 
um, is super important. Um, the ability to, for lack of a better word, like have a healthy argument or debate without fear of repercussion, as long as everybody's coming with a positive intent of <clears throat> wanting the team to do well, right? Like, I don't feel like I'm talking up to Joe or Steph. Um, I, I I love and listen to everything they have to tell me because obviously they one been on the planet longer than me and two they know more than me on a lot of things. So obviously like I respect that portion of them, but when we're in a conversation, I feel as equal still. So that is important for me in my role um, because I am the expert in what I'm doing. And to the point earlier about the, the the data tracking and stuff, there's a lot of trust they have to have in me. So by them trusting me, I can trust them back. Too many SDRs are in a one-way street where they're just being coached and talked to. They're not being mentored and led and guided and cared about like friends, which is what you should be doing in addition to the coaching. Mm, yeah, no, and, and, and I think that there's a lot of people that um, in a role like yours that don't have that and probably are pretty unhappy. Yeah, that's why I'm always talking about how people mistreat SDRs and BDRs. Um, kind of even hate the R in that acronym because it just kind of sounds like devaluing. They're professionals just because most of them are like 21, 22. I call them kids because now I'm approaching 30 now. Mm. But like they're just because they're young doesn't mean they don't know how to do what they're doing better than you who's twice their age. You know what I mean? Um, so. I outperformed so many people that hey, older man, than mother. Be careful there. I'm not that old. <laughs> not you specifically, well, <laughs> but at the shoe watch, fits. Watch your watch yourself. <laughs> but at the shoe fits. <laughs> uh, so 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 you're saying let's call them SDPs, sales development professionals. Well, yeah, because that's what they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm 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 curious, like. Uh, how a lot of times is it is it testing new things or do you have like a process that's it works and you're just sticking to it and then also how much time per day do you spend on linkedin i gotta ask that question oh goodness um so for the process um in my role specifically i think i'm i'm starting to we're coming up with the process to be quite frank um so double whammy right it's a new role right it's a new concept of a role combined with a company that's less than a year old developing a new industry at the same time so there is no blueprint here <laughs> we are writing the blueprint yeah. so i am still working on developing that process a lot of the <clears throat> many processes i would say have just been like built up on over the years and refined with the coaching and guidance of steph and joe um so i can do what i've been doing in a larger scale um and then I totally forgot the second half. Oh, the, now time. Yes. So, oh, geez. Yeah. I'm not going to let you off the hook on that one. You know, I really wish I knew. Um, I probably spend, because my phone will tell me how much I spend on my phone on LinkedIn, but on LinkedIn itself, it's probably like six to eight hours a day. I'm on LinkedIn. So major majority of your day is on LinkedIn. Yeah, because like, I'm not responding to the emails. <clears throat> like the average SDR probably has their email inbox open all the time. I actually have a, issue remembering now to check my email because i i just it's all like getting receipts of a meeting booked or um the occasional like thing that just makes more sense because going external over email we don't do anything internal in email we have slack so i just don't check it i don't think i've ever had more than five in a day i think i've got a, like a whole week of the two <laughs> emails versus versus the more 
common SDR BDR, even though uh, just hitting refresh on the inbox. And I've been there, done that. So I'm not knocking the BDR, the SDR. You're literally just doing your job. But, and also, to to be frank, uh, I'm not the only BDR here, right? But I'm the only BDR doing what I'm doing. There's there's more than one way to do my job. That's my other gripe of this, too. I have nothing against the like the, the concept of like hitting the phones and the dials. Uh, then I'm going to start complaining about the messaging. But um, when people eliminate social or don't see social only as an option, that's when they're missing out. Yeah, I mean it's definitely bold to go all in on one channel, and there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of people that would be confident enough to just say I'm going to go all in on one thing. But if the proof is there and it's working, why not? That might not be the same experience for everybody. I'm definitely more of a multi-channel approach is is my way, like social, uh, email, and phone. Uh, I like to add in phone after email and, and LinkedIn, um, but also work LinkedIn and email you know, pretty much really closely together, not like spam and send a bunch of cold stuff and then connect with a bunch of people. So yeah. um, there's definitely different approaches that can get you results, but it's, it's super bold to just go all in on one thing like you have and have that that level of success. I think there's a bit of a misconception also, uh, and it's probably my fault for always saying social only. Uh, it's not one channel for me in my mind, because um, I am leveraging other social platforms. Um, so like I'm on Slack a lot as part of my um, social selling. Um, that's where I do most of the network building. So back to your point earlier about like taking it off of LinkedIn, it usually goes into like my literal phone. And I'm texting or calling these people there and because I'm becoming <laughs> friends with them, um, mm-hmm. literally, genuinely. Um, and also talking to them in DMs and Slack. You know, um, I, I'll save the segue and the pitch for LinkedIn because I don't want to tarnish anyone's community. But I will do the networking and relationship building on other platforms. And then if you want to look at this from like, a sales engagement platform mindset, right? Like sales after outreach. If they were to track activities, it's like social touch, emails, and dials, right? So if you look at what I do, you've got connection requests, you've got notes, you've got DMs, voice memos, video messages, follow-ups. I got reactions to DMs, reactions to the voice memos and follow-ups. We've got reactions to the posts, comments, replies, my own posts. So it's omni-channel within a channel. That's how I'm looking mm. at it. I'm not just email is one thing. LinkedIn is a whole set of channels. Mm. Notifications are the new follow up. People don't realize that. I will ping your phone six times a day without you realizing it because I don't know what your notification settings are. So I'm going to try all of them because at least one of them is going to be on guaranteed. So I will go like a post. I'll like a DM you sent or I sent. I'll send you a follow up DM. I'll send you a note. I'll go connect with a friend of yours. I'll do something on 16 different ways on the same site. At least one is going to show up in your notifications, guaranteed. Yeah, no, I love that. Thanks for clarifying that. Evan, it's been a lot of fun having you on. Uh, really appreciate you breaking this down and uh, coming on the platform. Any, uh, I know you have something special for folks that are listening, so I'll let you tell them about that and uh, anything else, any final thoughts or where they can follow some of the things that you're putting out there. Yeah, so my company over here, wherever please, uh, if you talk to me directly, uh, either a DM or email, um, I'll let people in me, email me, apparently. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're giving free trials of what we're doing. Um, they're worth about $5,000 normally, so you can play around with what we're doing, um, and it won't cost you a single penny. All you got to do is DM me. And then I guess the other thing, too, if you're an SDR or BDR who's not happy where you're at, talk to me. I'll help you figure out what's going on. I know lots of coaches out there who will help you, too. 
Awesome. Thanks so much, Evan. If you're listening to the podcast and you enjoy today's episode, write us a review, share with your friends, and we're always listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.